Hello, this is Two People Talk Pain, a space where we explore our relationships to pain, how different people experience it, the way emotions manifest in our bodies, and how childhood and life experiences, culture, beliefs, role models, etc. influence how we manage our pain. My name is Steph, I'm a massage therapist in Toronto, Ontario, and every day I get to hear people talk about what they feel in their bodies, pain or otherwise. I think it's important for we humans to talk about these things so we can understand each other and cope with pain better. Enjoy! This episode, I talked to my friend Erica. We talk about how nature, dance, and slowing down have helped her move pain through her body. She generously shares stories of growing up with deeply painful menstruation and how quitting drinking and listening to her body has helped her drastically change this. There are a couple of spots that cut out due to spotty internet, but no content is missed. So thanks for your patience with that. I hope you enjoy the conversation. So if you want to talk about that a little bit, and then we can jump into sort of like more younger years of Erica and see where that leads us. Yeah, for sure. So in the summer, I was experiencing uh, some pretty serious neck and shoulder pain, and it was definitely related to life in lockdown, life in quarantine, working from home. Uh, At that point, it had probably been about six or seven months. Um, So that's working from home uh, in the not an ergonomically correct environment. Um, Sometimes I was working from my bed, um, you know, from like a kind of lousy Ikea chair, Um, But also the pain started really at the beginning of quarantine too, like right at March when nothing had really changed yet or the changes hadn't been so drastic yet that Mm -hmm. I started to question like, where is this coming from? Like, I haven't changed my pillows. I haven't changed my mattress. Um, But it was starting to become debilitating. Like some days I would wake up from sleep and I couldn't turn my neck without moving most of my body (laughs) and um yeah so I was losing range of motion everything felt stiff I found myself having to just like really stretch out and give myself like little massages and all these knots that were forming um and it would come and go the the main issue was that it was never fully gone sometimes it would dissipate but it would, um, it would flare up sometimes. And I just thought to myself, I'm like, well, I'm not doing anything different. So I definitely feel it was stress related, but also related to a change in my lifestyle. I went from cycling to work every single day. And that's like a minimum of 10 kilometers a day. Plus I was working at a yoga studio doing energy exchange once a week. And then on the other days I was going in very regularly and basically all of that just grinded to a halt. So I do say, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing differently, but like the world stopped, my exercise stopped, (laughs) stress onslaught. Like it was, um, yeah, looking back, reflecting it, it kind of makes sense that it manifested in that way and really bad neck and shoulder pain and especially for myself as a woman with larger breasts I tend to carry pain anyways in between my shoulder blades and so Mm -hmm. it just seemed to have gotten exacerbated um, this year being in lockdown and all the the fun things that has brought the goodness Uh, that is so relatable like so many people that come into my clinic are like I don't know what's different you know like they were saying like what you're saying it's like oh I'm sitting weird at my desk but like I feel like there's a very similar story with a lot of people who are like yeah like I sit at my couch and like whatever but it's fine but I it's only been a week I don't know what's going on and I'm like I feel like this is it's actually kind of what inspired this podcast was like let's talk about where that stuff comes from because it's I think that we don't connect I know I'm excited to talk to you about this because I know that you have a good like mind body connection thing going on that you've been exploring a lot but I think a lot of people don't connect how much our bodies express our stress and our pain like our emotional pain and the like it's a global pandemic and I'm the same way I forget I'm like I read about this stuff all the time and then some days I'm like why does my body hurt so much and I'm like oh 
every single stressor is happening at the same time. Like, oh, <laughs> I know, I know. And then, I mean, I, I wanted to be one of those people that was like, quarantine, this is a time to like do all the things and get all the exercise. But it was really just sad and it was depressing. And, and it suddenly felt, you know, I, I want to be more intrinsic motivated to work out but I guess that was a, a realization that like oh a lot of my workouts are extrinsically motivated I need to get to work to get paid therefore I will cycle there and um yeah and I mean like I love I do love cycling with friends and stuff like that but once that daily commute was taken out I realized that um a paired with locking down and not seeing your friends not doing all the things that you love doing like dancing oh my gosh dancing dancing everything <laughs> we went from like a hundred to zero <laughs> yeah totally I didn't even think of that actually as like a huge part of what is missing in my life like I was focused on like well I'm not cycling anymore my desk has changed I'm not going to yoga but a huge part of my stress relief and stress release from my body really came from dancing <laughs> every single weekend you know like once a week on Thursdays at round wherever it was um it was it was a lot of dancing and just moving your bodies in in whichever way it felt like and just following that and even sometimes when I'm when I dance I can feel like knots coming out depending on what movements you're doing and so yeah that's actually a huge thing that I haven't been factoring in that like yeah okay I could cycle more and do this and do that but like yeah I'm not dancing mm -hmm. and yeah like the emotional and like when we go out for anyone that's listening that doesn't hang out with us <laughs> just yeah. dance parties like mm -hmm. whatever like going to clubs and ecstatic dance and and yeah. outdoor dance parties we used to partake in a lot of that and yeah it's a really big part of our lives yeah really and it is also party. I feel like that energy exchange because I dance in my apartment like sometimes I'm like just want to let it out and it's just like it's fine it's fun I highly recommend and will continue to do it but it <laughs> isn't the same <laughs> like you can't really feel I have like this little speaker I'm like cool and neighbors so it's like very different from like really feeling it and being inspired by other people and like feeling yeah. your energy. And I think that we do, like you said, let out a lot of stress and like literally knots in our muscles, like go yeah. away as that, what, whatever you get oxytocin, oxytocin and like serotonin, like all these chemicals in your brains that like, yeah. let, they're sort of painkillers in themselves. Um, and those are all happening on a dance floor because you're getting that like serotonin boost from like the joy of the music and and being there and then the oxytocin from like being with your friends and and near your friends and dancing near them and all of that and hugging and cuddling your friends of course while you're dancing all of that um fun stuff and I realized that I always used to say like I love doing yoga because it gets the cobwebs out of my body but dancing also really does that a lot too and so i think the, the cobwebs are starting to pile up right now you know? <laughs> they sure are <laughs> um, yeah so then so that neck thing like is it totally so you had the neck thing and it was really awful and like i hear you on that like not being able to turn your neck is just so stressful too it like gets it's almost like this loop it hurts and then you can't turn so you get anxious about it and then you can't turn more and your body's like no it's everything's getting all tight yeah and yeah I remember you saying you went out and were like hiking and moving your body and breathing mountain air and well that was just so wonderful <laughs> I mean you were so right when you're like well let's talk when you get back and I went to Vancouver Island for the first time and I experienced uh just this wild beauty that felt so pristine and yeah just so untouched and I was walking around in forests rainforests going swimming in freezing cold rivers and lakes which is something I don't usually do I'm like very Caribbean I want to like be in crystal clear blue warm water yeah. <laughs> um, so that first time I jumped into a river at a, a provincial park near where I was staying I was like, oh, 
okay. <laughs> and it was the same thing. I was in Tofino and I jumped into the Pacific and I was like, oh, okay. And my friend and I, we would do these like Wim Hof exercises oh, yeah. before oh, we get in. And I noticed that as soon as I got over that initial shock, it felt so amazing. And I know that that for your um, lymphatic system and it's starting to get things a little bit, um, mm-hmm. but my body craved it. Once I got used to being in the water and floating around in that, I, I could just wade in it and it felt so good. And again, these are things I'm in cold water fresh water it smells so good it's beautiful Mm. and then I'm doing these movements that my body hadn't been used to or had been doing in the last several months especially in lockdown um so yeah my body was sort of exploring some new ranges of motion um the air was so clean felt really really fresh and then I had a week off of work so Mm. that was like a really huge um stress release as well just knowing that I had a week to explore and have fun and and drive all over the island like literally chasing waterfalls (laughs) and uh it was so magnificent we saw so many amazing waterfalls um and that was another thing you know just hiking to those waterfalls and and being on like uneven terrain um all the greenery yeah it was amazing and when I was going back to work I was working from home on the island still my office was outdoors and I was surrounded by the semi-rainforest in my friend's backyard and it was just a really wonderful way to work I wasn't cooped up in a bedroom um and I knew at the end of every day every work day while I was in BC I we would load up the van we'd grab the dog the two-year-old and my friend and we would head back to that river go somewhere else and we would just jump in and have fun and paddleboard and do all kinds of wonderful things and by the time I got back to Toronto you were absolutely right the pain was gone (laughs) and you know I was sleeping in all sorts of like funny grounds and terrain and like on a beach and in um this like 1992 converted Ford Aerostar van (laughs) yes oh my god right so it makes me wonder you know if I'm not doing all these ergonomically correct things while I'm there in BC then like what else is at play and it was really actually it was playing Mm. in nature and it, it was just exploring and, and getting moving in ways that uh, I hadn't been doing for weeks. Yeah. There is something, so you've said twice now, one was with dancing, like moving, just like how it feels right. And then when you're like in the water, mm-hmm. moving in ways that you're not, your body's not used to like day to day in the city. Yeah. Um, and that, like, I'm just so glad you said that because I find myself craving that. And I wonder, because as you're talking, I'm like, yes, like preach. We all need to be out in nature more and like walking on uneven ground and breathing that fresh air. But when we can't, and when we have to be working and like nowadays working from home, like how can we release some of that tension and pain and I wonder how I wonder if just I try to tell people this I like I'm not a big fan of like do 13 reps of like these shoulder shrugs to whatever <laughs> like when you need it you need it and it's there's a hundred percent value to it but yeah. for people that are just like oh, I don't know my neck hurts and uh, I want to yeah like may this be a little like anecdote of let's just move. Like if you can, I feel like we get very rigid in our ways and it's like, you sit at your desk and you sit on your couch and then you, even when you bike, like you go, you bike in this one way. Yes. Yeah. We, we need to explore, like you said, exploring that range of motion that your body's not used to like gold. You should write a book. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you're actually reminding me of this one day in the summer. I think it was July. It was so hot and humid out. And I'd been listening to a lot of music and it was really inspiring me and making me miss all those dance parties and festivals that we should have been at at that time. And I just had this effort moment where I went out with my big headphones on 
and my my phone with music queued up and I walked to a nearby soccer field like a couple streets over from where I live and I danced like my life depended on it really oh my gosh I love that when I think about it I'm like people must have thought I was crazy because no one could hear what I was listening to and and house music and all this stuff and um I was thrashed in the middle and there's people running around the field there's like a track people can run on there's people playing that like funny bouncing trampoline ball game over yeah. there yeah and then other people <laughs> people just doing regular conventional workouts and I was in the middle of the field and at one point I just like kicked off my shoes because I'm like these are cramping my style and <laughs> I just went for it. And I was there um, for so long. I didn't realize I was going to be there for so long. I was probably just under two hours, maybe just listening to music and really, really letting go and just deciding that I didn't care what anyone thought of how I looked. I didn't care how I looked. I just needed to do that. It was like my body was like, too bad. You're doing this. Override. Override. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And it was so wonderful and it changed my mood. It felt so good in my body. And I literally dance walked home and then I came home and then I went up to my deck and I danced some more there. And I was like, oh, okay. That is yeah. so awesome. Like, I'm so proud of you for doing that. Cause there are times when I've been like, I just want to, like when I'm walking, listening to music and I'm like, you know, like a little bit of a nod of the head, but I want to just like, you've seen me on a dance floor, like things get weird. Yeah. <laughs> but there's, yeah, these like all, like all of society with everything, like so many, so much like embarrassment and shame and being scared of expressing yourself. And it's like, man, we, I want more people to do what you did. I want to do what you did. So, so it doesn't, it's not weird or like join in. I always wonder if I just started doing that at a park, if people would just join in. <laughs> Yeah, like maybe I should bring my Bluetooth speaker next time. But I honestly felt too that um, even though I have done dancing in my room and in my house and, and on the deck, it was something about being in that wide open field and knowing that I could just move really fast and run and spin and do all these things without knocking over a plant or a lamp or something. So I, I feel like for those who are you know, willing to, to forget, you know, feeling embarrassed or silly to just like get out into a free open space and totally go for it. <laughs> Absolutely. And you, I feel like it, when you do things like that and whatever that means for every individual, maybe dancing isn't the thing, but if you start to move the way that just feels good, you yeah. start to like tensions release and you start to realize what your body's capable of or where you have limitations and you're like, oh, maybe I need to work on that or whatever. And it's very, it's very cool. I feel like it's a really good way to get in touch with. Yeah, it was a good coordination test. I was like, oh, I almost fell over there. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> it was whatever. It was so fun. It was really fun. That's yeah. Awesome. Oh my gosh. I love it. Um, well, let's great. Um, that's, I love it so much. Um, let's go into a little bit of again, yeah, like would love to hear more about your journey with this like mind body connection. But I know from talking to you and from being friends mm -hmm. that you have some, like a, a story to tell about your relationship to pain. And I like, again, the idea behind this podcast is to sort of explore that, like, what are your first memories of pain? And like, how do you think you learned to manage pain, whatever that means, it can be emotional, physical, both, but wondering what sort of your earliest memories and actions around pain have been or were? Sure, well, I mean, um, like a, a big one for me was period pain growing up. Mm -hmm. um, I was definitely an early bloomer and like almost immediately with like my first period when I was somewhere probably around 10 or 11 years old, I was just like, Ooh, I feel sick. I feel mm -hmm. nauseous. I remember it was Christmas time and my mom was baking like crazy and it was the house was full of all these amazing smells and I just felt like they were going to make me vomit. And I knew I'm like, well, something's off. 
yeah, here. Like, that's not right. <laughs> that's not right. And then as I got older, it just worsened. And it was like mildly traumatizing to be a 13 year old hugging like the toilet seat and just lying on the cold tile floors of my bathroom in excruciating pain. And it really, it never, it didn't get better for a while. And so I was just popping Advil's like they were m Yeah. Your little body. For many years. And they helped a lot. They helped a lot. And, and, you know, I would talk to my doctor about it. He prescribed when I was a little older, he prescribed um, birth control pills. Uh, they actually made my period last for a really long time. And that was a really bad experience. So I'm like, nope, not into that. And I went off of those and actually never even returned to them. Um, and then, yeah, I just was like, well, this is my life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I figured this is my life. Um, every single time my period comes on the, the moment that blood starts to flow, even if the pain hadn't started, I would preemptively take two Advils mm. because I just knew if the pain starts and it's too late, it's game over. And the Advil would just like kind of dull the pain, but it, it, it wouldn't help it. And so I was just taking them on like a regular routine every four to six hours, two more, two more. And then Yeah, that was not, I mean, it was just my life and I figured, okay, well, this is normal. This is just what some women need to go through and that's that. (laughs) And and so I continued that for, for years. Mm -hmm. And then um, when I eventually moved to Toronto and a lot of things changed when I moved here, it was 2015 and I started my journey towards um, not drinking anymore. So I was definitely a binge drinker in the past. And even if I wasn't drinking like every day, a glass or two of wine, I would make up for it on the weekends. And that certainly was causing all kinds of stuff to go on in my body. I mean, inflammation for sure. And then just like trying to detox that alcohol out. I'm sure it was wreaking all kinds of havoc that I didn't clue into back then. Mm -hmm. Um, that I can reflect on now and think like, yeah, that probably was a contributing factor, especially um, in the the later stages of my life. You know, like as a young girl, I just figured like periods hurt, take Advil, end of story, get on with life. Um, But yeah, when I I was um, quitting alcohol that same year, I also started a whole foods plant-based diet. So pretty much went vegan. Uh, June 2015, I decided to commit to going fully vegan after being vegetarian for a couple of years. And um, yeah, I was definitely, I felt really good about how I did it. I was really into making smoothies, eating tons of whole foods, lots of fruits and veggies every single day. I have like a big smoothie to this day. Mm -hmm. You know, this is like five years later and I'm still on that routine, which is great. Um, but I was eating really, really well and always, um, cooking from home and bringing my food to work. And then I also started working at Sage Natural Wellness and some people who are listening might know this place, but it's essentially, um, it's a wellness store that's really, uh, based heavily on the use of essential oils and how you can heal your body or things using, um, these plant-based ingredients. Mm -hmm. Um, So they say like heal with the power of plants or some sort of tagline like that. And I was working there and doing all these things at once, like quitting drinking, um, rubbing on essential oils every day. Cause like, well, that's part of the job. You've got to do that. (laughs) And then eating this, like, honestly, a really great, basically anti-inflammatory diet. And my period pain drastically changed and even how I felt leading up to my period like I would know my period was coming because like yes you would get swelling in breasts and like some telltale signs like physical signs like that Mm -hmm. um you know some lower back pain but also my mental health would just decline as well. And that was a a whole other type of pain, you know, for like one to two days before my period, the negative self-talk would just skyrocket. And it was really 
brutal. And I noticed that when I was um, working at stage and making all those lifestyle changes, um, including um, walking a lot and exercising more because right before I really started that job, like I was heavier than I am now as well. And I wasn't eating well. And so all those changes just felt like magic in my body. And it was like, my cells were just sort of thanking me. And, um, one day I actually, um, it was about periods it was um from two um like period underwear company founders were uh, holding this really great workshop and as they were talking I was like huh I had that moment where I realized wow my periods are really different from like just a couple years ago just from like when I was a teenager and that's kind of cool especially now at that point it was uh I was probably 30 29 or 30 Mm -hmm. and um yeah it was really interesting to reflect that like suddenly my pain was way less they were so much better a little bit lighter and just way easier to manage um so yeah that was really exciting to know that um you can make all these changes and then eventually get rid of the painkillers. Like if you, Mm -hmm. I never want to knock painkillers because I know people need to rely on them and Mm -hmm. they're there for a reason and they are so necessary in our lives, especially when we're dealing with acute pain. But like, I really was not loving going through a full bottle of Advil in like seven days, you know, just like a little silly Um, years too. Yeah. Yeah. For so long. And, and I'm sure that that's, you know, not easy on your body either. So um, yeah, it was like a really exciting moment, just understanding the power of making these lifestyle changes and and sticking with them mm-hmm. consistently like it, it doesn't have to be perfect it really yeah. doesn't have to be perfect because I was definitely like you know I was discovering vegan food in the city and I would go to places and order vegan like poutine <laughs> and I would still enjoy that but like most days I was having like my smoothies and overnight oats and whatever and then I'd go to stage and I would rub on my favorite essential oils and I, I would pick the ones I felt I needed for that day. Like I would smell them and be like, nope, not this one. Yeah. Yeah. This one, my body. Whoa, wants this that's cool. Yeah, it is cool. Actually. Um, I know essential oils have sort of, um, they have this funny aura around them because people love them and they went crazy for them. And there's all these like, you know, MLMs surrounding them. Um, I do think they can be overused. They, you should use them with caution and seek mm-hmm. out like professional advice before using them. But when you start playing with them, you notice all kinds of really fun things. Like right before my period, geranium oil smells amazing. Clary sage smells so, so good. And then when it's after my period, so like say that point in my cycle where like I might be ovulating or fertile, geranium smells like vomit it actually like I don't like it outside of my own I don't want anything to do with it and so um changes and like hormonal fluctuations in your body throughout your cycle um I think make a difference on how like some people who like aromatherapists will agree that mm-hmm. it actually makes a difference like how you react to them as well and so I I still follow that to this day where like I might smell certain things as my period's coming just to be like okay maybe I need to sniff this maybe I need to like dab a little bit of that on but mm-hmm. it was actually um one really fun thing I found working at stage was that instead of using Advil like if I did get period cramps because they weren't completely gone they were just like really dissipated mm-hmm. so I could actually roll on some peppermint and eucalyptus and it really really felt so good and it was so effective. And I would just put some on like my back, my lower back and like mm-hmm. over my abdomen where the cramps were and it worked. And I said, goodbye. Advil. <laughs> it's almost like nature knows things. <laughs> like, it's so funny. We're talking about essential oils and stuff and like things that we've, you know, packaged into a 
condensed version of whatever, but it's all mother nature. It's like, if we, you know, just like glance back at indigenous culture and people who understand the earth, like something we're so separate from now. But yeah. again, it's like the beginning of this conversation. Like you went out to nature, it healed you. This, you've like found this beautiful way of yeah. finding all these things that are natural. They're from the natural world versus the painkillers. Yeah. Yeah. So this different use, but it's the same thing. It's, it's really fascinating. And also like next level mind body connection, like understanding your hormone cycles. And, and I feel like most people, I don't know, this is maybe off base, but so many people, myself included, don't have that level of like knowing what smells good and bad or tastes good and bad at different times of my cycle. Like that is very beautiful. And I wish was taught to us more or like spoken about more because oh. it's not just about like mood swings and like, well, it's like, yeah, this cool intuition that we have and like to be celebrated. I mean, imagine if we learned about herbalism in high school, like that would be Gosh. so cool. That would, that would be amazing. Cause that's like another thing that I know I need to do from time to time. And I'm not always good at this, but leading up to my period, it's like, you have to cut down on the coffee, Erica. You mm. know, it's going to exacerbate the cramps and send your hormones like all over the place. And so when I'm good and I remember, <laughs> I'll ease off of it for like three days before mm. and try drinking some more green tea and introduce like raspberry leaf tea. Um, and these things do work like your body knows and it likes it like right now this is my fourth day off of coffee uh -huh. and it's purely from listening to my body like I love coffee I love, <laughs> I love it I'm hopelessly addicted except for this week it's like some weird magic has happened and I, I actually have had been noticing leading up to whatever is making this change work but I was like oh my morning cup of coffee which I've been putting all kinds of like magical potion things into yeah. like cordyceps and lion's mane and like some adaptogenic herbs and stuff like that because I'm like okay I know I love my coffee but I gotta like tone it down a little <laughs> and I you know I add like good quality plant-based milks and stuff to it but um I wasn't finishing the coffee and usually I always like finish my, my mug of coffee and I make it just the way I like it. And I was always leaving it like half full. And then I was like, oh, maybe I'll reheat it or whatever. And I was like, or what if you just don't want to drink yeah. and your body's just telling you something like mm. maybe that's a sign, you yeah. know, if you're not draining your cup every day, you're not enjoying it in the same way. And so right. why not just follow that? And Sunday morning, um, this past Sunday morning, I woke up and I was feeling really good. I was in a good mood. Um, reasons for that are for another day. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, I feel good. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I was feeling really, really, <laughs> you know, I was feeling great. I was feeling great. And I was out in nature. I was in High Park. And I remember thinking to myself, as myself and a friend are walking to High Park, it's like, oh, should we stop and get coffee? Like, do we need this? And I was like, I actually don't think I need this today. Mm. I'm just going to roll with that. And it was such a magical day because I ended up bumping into a ton of my friends and I, I spent all day outside walking around yes. and I thought maybe I'll get a coffee on the way home. Didn't do it. And uh, it was, it's just been, I don't know. It's, it's so great. I, I can't tell you how magical it feels to have this like hold of like caffeine addiction like just released from my body it almost reminds me of when I stopped drinking and I before when I used to try to stop drinking and mitigate my drinking it was always a struggle and I was like oh it's Friday it's been a long work week I need a glass of wine mm -hmm. but that day in like early like late 2015 early 2016 when I was like I'm done like I just knew like my body was like don't even want it in my mouth. Like don't want it near my lips. And that's how I feel with coffee right now. I'm just like listening to my body. And since then, and since I've been like slowing down a bit more and like mm -hmm. feeling like, okay, if we're going to survive this quarantine, we got to slow down. We got to mm -hmm. just like roll with that. And uh, it's been really nice. 
been yeah. really nice. I, I feel like my mind is not racing and I'm excited to see what my next period looks like because the last one was bad. No. And I know it was bad because I was drinking tons of coffee before that. It was terrible. Oh, that's so interesting. It's like your body was like, not that again. Thank you. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Erica, you're just like inspiring me so much because it like theme of this episode this conversation is like listen to your body (laughs) your body but also like um if you just change the pattern you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. you're saying so I I can relate in the sense of like I'll eat a meal especially like dinner I'll eat dinner and then I always go grab a piece of chocolate like no matter what and I realized recently that I'm like sometimes I really want that piece of chocolate and some days I like don't really and it like doesn't taste as good but I'm literally only realizing this right now that if I just was like hold hold up I'm not just gonna do the same thing I do all the time because it's like habit and it's in my brain pattern if I just take a second I'm like I don't even want this and it's not this like restrict yourself and like dieting it's just like literally listen to what your body wants or doesn't want Mm-hmm. And like, whoa, that is, I'm going to, I'm going to listen more now. I feel like, I feel like it's been, it's getting louder maybe because yeah, we've had to slow down a bit, but. Well, that's the thing. It gets loud, right? Mm-hmm. So when we're not listening, like for example, um, and we've discussed this before, but you know, when I would have these really bad times on my period, I would just be like, okay, Advil power through power through. We've mm-hmm. got to work. I've got to job to show up to you. I've got commitments. Um, society has never let I, you yes. have a period in peace. Not yeah. one. <laughs> Imagine that. Um, and so the funny thing about that is last month when my period was particularly bad, I can literally tell you all the reasons why mm. my things at my job were just like exploding. I was extremely overwhelmed seriously fatigued and exhausted from at that point like eight where are we nine months of working well for me working from home full-time in quarantine is stressful Mm -hmm. and um yeah like my inbox was exploding I had so many commitments I had overcommitted myself and um so all that stress was really really coursing through my body and of course to power through it Oh man, I can just see all the links. Like I was drinking so much coffee, mm-hmm. um, which definitely was not helping me with the feelings of like stress and overwhelm because you're just giving yourself like low level anxiety attacks um, by having, well, for myself personally, having like up to three cups a day. And um, yeah, just looking back, I, I really hit the wall at the beginning of the last month and then I took two days off and then I was like okay we've got like a ton of stuff to do and and lots of commitments at work and when my period came um I guess like mid-November at this point it was really bad and I couldn't do what I had been practicing for actually like the last one to two two years where I would really just like at least take a day like yes I might still show up to work unless my cramps were that bad I would actually just call in and be like yeah well yeah I'm sick my stomach is off my stomach is off right we have to, <laughs> we have to fake it we have to pretend <laughs> our stomach is off yeah Chris is punching me I can't work for you I'm sorry <laughs> you know it just uh it just depends on who you've got to send that email to right. really um So yeah, I was actually getting in the habit of saying like, if that doesn't fall on the weekend, then I might need to take like a half day or take a day off. But I knew I couldn't do it. Like my team was relying on me to do something. And not only did I have to work, I had to like perform above and beyond Mm. and like really go out of my way to make something happen. And I was at my desk in excruciating pain like I had to actually go into the office like I'm the only person there and um 
I was in so much pain and trying to do this, orchestrate this big thing. And I had to take three aspirin. No, I thought I had Advil. Like, I remember I'm like, okay, I know we've got Advil somewhere. I think it's in my desk at reception here. And I opened it. I'm like, okay, it's not Advil. It's aspirin. I actually looked it up. I'm like, does aspirin work for periods? Yeah, and turns out it's one of the, um, one of the drugs that, that is supposed to work well, you know, where this is going. So I take two, try and get back to my task. And it was just not happening it was not kicking in and I was like oh god this is so brutal and so I took another one and I was like okay let's let's take three in like two hours and see how that works and it barely did anything oh no okay let's try this again and I took the two aspirin and again it was like really not helping but I was like, I just got to power through. I hate doing this. I hate power. Like I, I am a huge advocate for policy change that women can just take a day every month, right. especially people who suffer from dysmenorrhea or have like fibroids and things and, and which results in like really painful periods. And I was just like, nope, I cannot, <laughs> not this week. And um, yeah, I just powered through. And by the end of that week, I was so tired the cramps were lasting until like day four and I was just like oh my god this is so bad and so I lay in bed and I was like my oils maybe my oils will help and I went and I grabbed my peppermint roll that has that blend mm-hmm. of um so there's like some analgesic um essential oils that are really really helpful like they mm-hmm. actually stop or mitigate pain and I rolled it onto my abdomen just like I used to and I did my lower back and it was just I think I think it was so many things like multifactorial like the smell of course is like fresh and good and herby and natural and then immediately it's this like cooling warming sensation of the peppermint and the eucalyptus and the rosemary working together and then the ritual of like rubbing my own tummy. And I was like, oh yeah, that's good. And honestly, within a couple of minutes, it was, the pain was gone. And I was like, why didn't I do this like three days ago when I was dying at my desk? And it was just really nice to remember like, yeah, like I have this remedy, I know it works. Why did you go back to the old thing? that you had like kind of quit before. Mm. And then, you know what? Sometimes you need to like dip your toe in just to see like, do I still like this? A reminder of times past. Like we we all fall back into old habits. Like we're all human, a hundred percent. Absolutely, absolutely. But it was like a really wonderful moment to, to connect back to my favorite remedy and to have it work like a charm and just know like, okay, this is always there for the next time this flare up happens again, which hopefully it won't. So yeah, tune in for my- yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would like to read to you a quote from yourself, from Miss <laughs> Erica that you said to me. Um, one, okay, a couple things, which I just like loved it. So I wrote them down. Um, everything has information. Bam, put that on a t-shirt. Um, it's fun to explore these connections in our bodies. It can be scary to reflect, but it can be fun and empowering to come to these realizations, which is just like, who said it best? Erica said it best. Um, and then yeah. Yeah. another thing that, again, it like summarizes what you just experienced and said but you said once you start noticing these things you can start taking steps to mediate them so it's like you've realized all these things about yourself and then yeah you like maybe lost track for a second but you know and now you know how to mediate these awful cramps that sometimes appear due to all the things and also your story just makes me like spin-off podcast about the patriarchy and like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> whatever uh that's yeah. for other time but um yeah very very powerful stuff and like thanks for sharing that because it's again I just want us all all of society to talk about what women and yeah like it's not bad for all women I have been very lucky to not get really bad cramps but amazing why do I feel when I get some I'm like oh god like 
and they're like minimal. I'm like, this was worse. Like I can totally see how awful it would be and how hard it would be to do anything. And then also just like the amount of, it's tiring to reset your whole insides. Like that takes a lot of physical and emotional energy. And the fact that like power through or we're taught to power through is very challenging. Exactly. And just gifting yourself a day to say, you know what? I think I'm going to get faux. I'm going to have some Mm -hmm. chocolate, maybe my favorite chips or something and and watch Netflix and not worry about my emails is so wonderful. And like about that information, like I can go back now and think like, why was that period so bad? Like what Mm -hmm. information was it giving me? I was stressed to the max. Sure. I hit a breaking point. Like I really had like, I was just, just in tears on a daily basis. And I was like, okay, that's what it's telling me. Like, it's not usually this bad. So, so what's it trying to tell you? Like there's information and everything, like in all of our emotions. Like I always try and tell people like jealousy is not that bad of an emotion. It's trying to tell you something. And I feel that same way with um pain for instance and you know like at the beginning of this year with the neck and the shoulder I was just like okay what do I need to change like what am I not doing what has what has changed that's led to this and so mm-hmm. yeah there's information in everything like I I feel the knots in my body and where they are and where they're being held and I'm just like wonder what that one is about what's this one trying to tell <laughs> Yeah, all a map of all our stressors just like hi absolutely through our body yeah 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 and one really nice thing that I've noticed about um like drinking less coffee and reminding myself to slow down especially as the whole world is slowing down and Mm -hmm. um giving myself that permission is that I've been able to really listen to that information because I was spinning and I wasn't taking heed. And Mm. so it's really nice, actually. Um, I had to talk with my therapist the other day Mm -hmm. and I was like, since I've slowed down, I am a little bit more focused at work. Like, am I getting a lot done? Maybe not, but like what I'm getting done is being done right and without mistakes. And Mm -hmm. it might be like a two to three or four things a day, send a bunch of emails, but like I'm feeling better about that than just spinning about how much there is to do mm. opening 10 million tabs and then just doing nothing it's like just crying yeah crying exactly um and then I had this like other moment today where because I'm slowing down I'm listening to my thoughts better and the mm. quality of them and the quality of them has not been really great lately mm-hmm. and so I'm like okay like what is my reaction to this like I had this thing happen at work where I was just like Ugh. and I was like okay <laughs> that's all right that is your immediate reaction that's cool before you get back to this person like what can you like let's like work through that like let like sit with that sit through that frustration mm-hmm. okay cool and like how can you reframe this now like mm-hmm. what what other opportunity is here and like, I can't even tell you how nice it is to think that way for like the first time and what feels like months especially during lockdown when things have just been spinning and spinning and spinning Mm -hmm. so like slowing down especially when you have pain when you can and I know it's hard I know the patriarchy makes it hard but um honestly just slowing down and you hear things so much better you hear your thoughts better you hear the sensations in your body better like they are always speaking to you Mm mm-hmm it's like when you're ready to listen, you will hear. <laughs> so beautiful. It's so true. Um, I feel like I want to talk to you for the next four hours um, <laughs> because there's so much here and maybe we can revisit another time because it's just so wonderful. And I feel like we've just, you have, you have dropped some wisdom. Um, well, it's thanks. very appreciated. I just have my one little closing question, which like, okay. I kind of, I'm noticing now that I'm like, I think I know the answer, but I like, I don't know what you're going to say. So the question is, do you trust your body? Yes. Yes. Bam. Yes. Like 
Oh, I can feel it. So like, I'm literally listening to this. Okay. When I did a Vipassana, it really taught me to check in with the sensations in my body. And like, it's a resounding yes. And it's not just because it's like from an abled body standpoint or whatever. I think like in any kind of body, like you can, you can trust the things it can do. And I just feel like, yes. Like when I listen to it and like when we're tuned in, it's a big yes. And I'm even thinking about like when I'm on my bike riding around the city and me and my bike have this like avatar connection and I'm like, I just feel so confident. I'm like, yeah, we're good. We're safe. Like throw whatever you can at us, Toronto. And I just trust. And so I, I feel like, yeah, I do trust my body. I forget mm-hmm. that I can push myself. And I forget to do it sometimes, especially when I fall out of the habit of exercising or eating well, but I always trust that it will like tell me. Yeah. Yeah. That's a yes. 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 I love my body. I love Uh, 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 self-hug. Erica is hugging her own body. Yeah. I know. (laughs) And now we're giving, it's like a virtual hug. Um, Awesome. Thank you so much, Erica. This has been so lovely. Um, yeah thank you yeah and yeah hopefully this conversation has been helpful for people and everyone can sort of sit with how how maybe slowing down in their lives can help them understand what's going on in those bodies um who knows there's so much there's so much to learn from our own bodies it's unreal so good luck to everyone out there and yeah thank you so much i will thank you you kisses Bye. <laughs> thanks for listening to two people talk pain if you enjoyed the episode please like it share it subscribe follow all those things so you can listen to more episodes when i post them also if you're interested in talking to me about pain and your life experiences i would absolutely love to do that email me at steph at gmail.com see you next time